Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Hello everyone and welcome to a post-game edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm Dan Lobby, joined by Mary Kay Cabot and Ashley Bastock. It is Saturday, Christmas Eve. I just have to say that because I have to keep reminding myself that it's actually Saturday and not Sunday. Uh, it was, of course, a full day of football uh, across the league and the Browns and the Saints uh, played today. 17-10, the New Orleans Saints win. The headline there is that the Browns are now officially eliminated from playoff contention. They cannot uh, have a winning season. Um, so I guess let, let's just do it this way. Mary Kay, give us a takeaway. Let's kind of go, go around here and, and do some takeaways from this game today for the next 15 or so minutes. You know what? Really? I think that they tried to emphasize the passing game on a day when it just wasn't going to be there. And I think, you know, people might look at this game and be worried about, you know, Deshaun Watson and his receivers I think it was the weather. I think the conditions just were not conducive to 31 passes and these guys trying to uh, execute an efficient passing game. I mean, Deshaun Watson, at times he sailed his throws. He was very off. He he did go ice cold in the second half in, in a lot of ways. He completed only 9 of 18 in the second half, um, and his rating was like 31 in the second half. But he didn't get any help from his receivers. He had two drops on that final drive Um, he had in the second half. David Bell dropped a pass that was then picked off. It went off his hands and was picked off. Um, So he just didn't have uh, the help that he needed. But this just probably wasn't the day to try to throw the ball as much as they did. They probably should have just torn a page out of the Saints playbook and just tried to pound that ball. And if they had to use more running backs to do it, if they had to use Dearness Johnson to do it, if they had to use some Jerome Ford to do it, then they should have done it. But uh, the passing game just wasn't all there tonight. Yeah, Ashley, I mean, I'm sitting here on this this booth here at First Energy Stadium, and it's cold, and the wind is, like, rattling the windows. Um, and this is, like, hours after the game was over. You and I have both tracked down the hot chocolate Keurigs and <laughs> had, had to hit those up because of the weather, like – You know, I know Twitter was, you know, as it tends to do, it was lighting up with the, hey, why aren't the Browns running the ball argument? But it kind of felt legitimate today. It felt like there were times when maybe they could have leaned on this running game and this offensive line a little more. Yeah, sometimes it's like, again, I I get why there are certain times where there are game plans. And I know we've said we maybe wish the Browns would do this some more where – 
you give an opposing team what they're not expecting. And to me, it felt like the Browns were trying to do that. And on our video, I used the example of, it's basically like what Mike McDaniel did to the Browns when they played the Dolphins, right? Like you expect them to have this really like pass heavy offense and they come out and they run the ball. Like to me, the Browns, it felt like, Hey, everyone's expecting us to run the ball because I don't know, we have one of the best running backs in the league. We have, you know, one of the best backup running backs in the league. We have one of the best run blocking offensive lines in the league. uh, And the weather is garbage outside. So it felt like they were maybe trying to pass it more. And I, I don't know. I'm with you. I don't think that was the right move for this offense. I get, you're trying to get Deshaun Watson acclimated and, I thought the weather didn't bother him as much as I expected it to, which is good. Um, but I just don't know that this was the game to do that. Because, I mean, we came into this game, what were we saying? Like, we're not going to really be able to learn anything about this offense or these teams from this game because the weather is going to seriously impact things. And I think we saw that play out. Yeah, and, and Mary Kay, this just raises another question, I guess. I, I guess today's game feeds into sort of this narrative that, that has developed about Kevin Stefanski. And, and look, he's not going anywhere. Um, no one here is going to call for him to go anywhere, I don't think. But there is the play calling side of this. And we've, we've mentioned this, like this, this organization needs to evaluate every single piece of this. And that includes, do you have the right play caller? And I think at times it's looked really good with Kevin and Deshaun, but a game like this where, you know, I did think Deshaun looked good and I thought Kevin did dial up some good things for him. Just the rest of it was a little wonky. I guess. And and that's what this team has to evaluate. Yeah. A deep pass on fourth and two at the end of the game when, you know, you really needed uh, to try to, to convert that and possess the ball. That was a very low percentage play. Uh, That was to DPJ that sailed on, on Deshaun Watson. So there were some curious things that happened in the game. And when you have Nick Chubb, now Kareem Hunt wasn't making much hay tonight. So, you know, I'm sure they felt like uh, they just couldn't, keep riding the Nick Chubb horse every single play, but they do have other backs that they could have put in there, right? I mean, can't you try a little bit of, of dearness? He's made yards before. Can't you try some Jerome Ford if Kareem Hunt's not getting the job done? Uh, maybe a little bit more Deshaun running the ball here and there, right? I mean, um, they, you know, the Saints just came in and had a better game plan. Once they figured out that Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara were going to be the way to go, They just rode those guys to victory. They scored 17 straight points. They took it to the Browns. They imposed their will, and they just did the right thing for these conditions. Not only uh, was it freezing cold and really super crazy windy, but curiously, and I still really can't quite figure out why this happened, but the field was very snowy and slick, even though they had the tarp on it. It just didn't work out uh, the way that they planned somehow that, that just, that didn't go right. I I don't know exactly what happened, but I just don't think the field should have been like that. Amari Cooper dropped a pass in the back of the end zone because he completely slipped on a snowy area and it hasn't snowed since last night. So I, I don't know. I'd be very curious to find out why that looked like that. Okay. Ashley, what, uh, what's your takeaway? Um, yeah, I think for me, and I wrote about this, it's <laughs> it's kind of like this was the most possible, what fitting, most fitting way for their playoff hopes and, you know, as a result, their season to effectively end for me. Like to just sputter out against the Saints in a nothing game in bad weather on Christmas Eve, um, because this, like, the season has felt so inconsistent 
in so many ways. At times, to me, it felt like their identity was waiting for Deshaun Watson to come back. And I I feel like, you know, from the beginning, it was kind of clear, like, hey, Deshaun's not going to fix all these problems. Like, him coming back isn't going to fix these communication breakdowns in the secondary or the fact that your defensive front can't really handle any kind of steady rushing attack right now. Um, and, and for me, it just kind of is a, a fitting way for this season to go out because for so much of the season, it felt like, Hey, we're waiting for Deshaun Watson and yeah, well, like this season will be what it is. Cause he's gone for 11 games, but we still have 2023 and now they have 2023 because this season is done. So, um, it, it just felt like kind of what, what I expected to happen in a weird way, even though I think they're a better team than the saints. Yeah, I think that's one of the frustrating things, Mary Kay, is they are better than the Saints. And we all picked the Browns to win this game, and I don't think we were wrong to make those picks. Um, I don't think those were homer picks. They're better than the Saints, but they lost to them, and that just sort of sums up a lot of this season. They've played teams that they are better than, or they should be better than, and they lost to those teams. And in the end, it ends up costing them. It, it really did end up costing them. I mean, you can't let the Saints come into Cleveland Browns. You know, you can't let them come into First Energy Stadium and run the right game plan and rush for 172 yards or whatever it was that they rushed for. Um, you know, you can't let them take over the game, impose their will, score uh, 17 straight points like that when this is the kind of the game that the Browns are supposed to be able to handle. I mean, and it looked like they were going to in the beginning. They were out to a 10 nothing lead. Then they led 10-3 to at the half. But you could just feel the momentum shifting when they when the Saints realized, hey, let's run Taysom Hill more. Let, let's take advantage of him. Let's platoon him with Andy Dalton and, and get him uh, rolling downhill in, in this crazy weather. So, uh, you know, you can't let a team come in and do that. I mean, these are things they're going to have to really look at in the offseason is, you know, do they do the right things? in the right situations. And today it felt a little bit off at times. The Browns are the only AFC North team. You know, the AFC North played the NFC South. So officially today it becomes the Browns are the only AFC North team to have lost a game to an NFC South opponent this season. They lost to Atlanta. And of course they lose this game uh, to the Saints. Okay, Mary Kay, I know you've got to go and and start writing here. So I want to get this topic out here before you do that. Um, Deshaun Watson. So there's this weird thing these last few weeks where I'm watching Deshaun Watson and then I look at his stats and like today he was 15 of 31, 135 through an interception, a 47-1 rating. I still feel like I watched Deshaun Watson today and I continue to see this progress. I continue to see these steps forward from him. And, you know, on top of that, he threw two pretty nice footballs at the end of that game that should have tied the game up. On, on a day when everything was a struggle, he still led this team down the field and made two throws, one of which at least should have ended up in a touchdown. So I thought even though the numbers weren't there, I thought this was an, another test passed for Deshaun Watson. Yeah, as, you know, especially in these kind of conditions. Now, they asked him to throw too much, but he did a nice job uh, and he did what he needed to do at the end. Now, once again, 10 points isn't enough, and they stalled out a lot, and they didn't handle the conditions properly. But, um, you know, in the end, when he had to try to take the team down and do his job, I think he did his job at the end, and he did not get help from, you know, from his receivers. He did not get help from DPJ there, and he didn't get help from uh, from David Njoku there, who, who dropped the ball, and he apologized uh, to Deshaun Watson. 
but once again, I think you can see the flashes. You can see uh, that he's going to be amazing for this football team. Uh, there aren't going to be very many games like this, but he is going to have to make sure that he can function well in a game like this, and they're going to have to make sure that they can call a game for him in these kinds of conditions because even if it's not this bad, you're still going to have two or three games a year, something like this. Uh, so that you know that's going to be an issue going forward. But for the most part, I think he demonstrated uh, that he is everything he's cracked up to be. And, you know, even Amari Cooper talked about it after the game. He thinks those two are going to be dynamite together. I agree. Um, and same thing with David Njoku and some of the others. Okay, Mary Kay, we're going to let you go. Ashley and I are going to stick around uh, for a few more minutes here, uh, but we're going to take a break here on the Orange and Brown Talk post-game podcast. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. And welcome back to the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Okay, Ashley, uh, we were talking about Deshaun Watson. What did you think of him today? Yeah, again, I mean, I said it off the top here, but like I was kind of surprised the weather didn't impact him more, right? Because the only time we've seen him play in really bad weather here was against the Browns when he was still playing with the Texans in 2020. Um, so I was kind of surprised, like, again, the, the weather did impact things, right? There were multiple throws where we were like, oh my gosh, like you can really just see the ball kind of sputtering. There was one throw where it was almost like end over end. Um, but at the end of the day, like the, the misses were by a lot of his pass catchers. Of course, like the most, the most notable was the David Njoku drop, like right at the goal line. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones, I think was maybe, it looked like, a bit more concerned with his feet considering he was like in the left back corner of the end zone on that last drive. Um, but you know, there was a point on that last Browns drive where I'm sitting there, I'm writing my story. It was a story I ended up publishing after the game. And I'm like, am I going to have to rethink my entire angle? Because this is Deshaun Watson about to finish a game winning drive. And I think he did enough to finish that drive. It was like the other parts of the offense that kind of sputtered out at the end there. But I was just overall, I think kind of, pleasantly surprised with the way he played that second quarter drive where the Browns got their touchdown, you know, and I know you said it too. I think maybe like the best offensive drive by the Browns with Deshaun Watson out there, they relied on Nick Chubb a lot. He made some throws. Um, So overall, I think I was just kind of felt like, yeah, okay. He did, he did enough. He did. Okay. He did better than I thought he would in this weather. Yeah. And I thought the one that ended with the Cooper drop, it ended yeah. up in a field goal too. That one was, I liked that drive because they faced, they faced some adversity. Um, they had a penalty. They had back-to-back penalties that put them in uh, third and 16 and then third and 11 uh, because a, a big game by Kareem Hunt got erased on, on one of those penalties. So then Nick Chubb gets him a big run, but then Watson converted a third oh, yes. down to Cooper for 14. That's the one you're Sorry, talking man, that's about, right? the, That was the drive yeah, I was talking okay, about. Okay, I so it was, a, yes. it was a field goal drive. Yes, the um, field goal drive. Yeah, and then the third and 10 to Michael Woods, and then that was a really good throw to Amari Cooper. He just fell. That was, I think, the best we've – yeah, I, I that was the best we've seen of Kevin and Deshaun. I, I think that's sort of what you want to see, a good mix, and then those yeah. guys, when they're backed up against the wall, they make a play. 
Yeah, I mean, and I think that's that's kind of what you need, right? You need this marriage between the pass game and the run game, and we kind of got it. I thought it was so important that they ate up a lot of time in that drive, and I thought, like, <laughs> looking at that drive as it was happening, they go up 10 to nothing, the weather is what it is. I'm thinking, like, oh, this is, like, going to be the drive that we're talking about mostly at the end of the game, and we're, and we're still talking about it. But in that drive, they ate up, like – over like eight minutes and 44 seconds. Like I really thought that it was just perfect and, and a perfect mixture. And Deshaun got to, you know, get some of those completions in too. Um, but, but overall, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. It's just like, to me, when I look back on this game, I'm going to be like Deshaun Watson playing in cold weather wasn't problem here. And I feel like he did legitimately take another step forward, which, you know, now let's be real. These last two games for me, really all that it's about is, what does Deshaun Watson need in 2023? Okay, here's a thought exercise. Oh, boy. Because <laughs> we, we got nothing else. Yeah. Uh, David Njoku catches that ball, scores a touchdown. The Browns go for two. Deshaun Watson runs it in. Oh. What are we saying about Deshaun? We're going to say that's the wow play we needed, right? Like, we talked about wow plays on this preview podcast. Uh I, I think that that's what we're saying. Like, oh man, this is Deshaun Watson is on stuff. Like, first of all, like, I don't know if we are saying it, but I think like Twitter is going nuts talking about how Deshaun Watson is unstoppable. He feeds off cold weather. He's perfect for Cleveland, blah, blah, blah. Like nothing but overreactions. Kind of like, I think there's, there's, let's be real. There's some overreactions to this loss, I think. Um, but I think it, that would be like the, that would have been the perfect scenario for Deshaun Watson. Like, you lead a game-winning drive in this brutal weather, and the Browns go for the win and get it instead of going for the tie. Like, I think we would have absolutely loved that if they got it done. I wish we could have seen if he was going to go for the win there. I bet he would have because of the weather and all. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. you want to end it. I, I didn't look to see if he got asked about that. I don't think he did, but Kevin, I mean. I'll look, yeah, I'll look been... quick while you, while you talk. There while you, you go. Up. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I just think if he scores on that, we're talking about, oh, look, Deshaun, you know, was up and down and, and fighting with mm-hmm. the weather. But then when it mattered most, he made these these great throws, one to Donovan Peoples-Jones, one to, to David and Joker, whatever, whoever would have scored that. And then he makes the play on the two-point try. That would have been – it would have been really fun to hear that conversation, I think. Um that we would have had about Deshaun Watson. And you're right. It, there would have been a lot of overreaction and a lot of hyperbole, but that, I mean, that's what happens when you have a franchise yeah. quarterback with this much talent. <laughs> and he did not get asked about it to answer your question. Kevin okay. Stansky did not get asked, which is not surprising because he's not a coach who seems very receptive to dealing in hypotheticals. That is, that is true. I don't think he would have <laughs> answered that question. So no. it probably doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, this is going to be a quick post game pod. So just one more thing here. Uh, before we get out of here. Two games left, one at Washington, one at Pittsburgh. They obviously don't carry any meaning. Uh, the Commanders, I believe, still in the playoff race. The Steelers, and I guess the Browns are eliminated. The Steelers are, are probably eliminated. But um, it's not going to mean much. What do you watch for besides Deshaun Watson? I know you said earlier that, that that's obviously kind of the big thing. Is there something else that you're like, this is this is what I'm looking for in these last two games? or Or is it just... Deshaun. Well, for me, it's like, it's not only Deshaun, it's, it's more about like, what does Deshaun Watson need around him in terms of play calling and personnel? But hey, since Mary Kay's gone, I'm going to say what she talked about in the video, because it's a great point. It's like looking at a lot of your younger guys on both sides of the ball, because 
again, I think especially on defense, they just assumed these younger guys were developed and they clearly weren't like (laughs) it was, that was where a lot of your issues were. And I think it would be a mistake to go into 2023 still maybe over relying on some of these young guys or falling into that trap again. Right. And like, say we use this example on the, on the preview pod, like over relying on a guy like Alex, Wright, Who I don't think you can use like in place of a Jadavian Clowney, but I think overall it's like getting a bigger picture, especially of, Hey, what the heck just went wrong on our defense for the last, you know, for the second straight year. And did we over rely on some of these younger guys and how can we fix that? Yeah, I, I think that's a big thing. And by the way, the Steelers, as we're recording this, they haven't even played yet. So I guess they're not eliminated. They could get to seven and eight. I don't know. Again, I've said this before. I'm not a math guy. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's just like, God, I don't even know. I think it really is a lot of Deshaun Watson. And, and I think you just kind of took the other big thing is like just – trying to do full evaluations and and get an idea of how some of these young guys fit, but also understanding as as much as I like Alex Wright and I'm intrigued by Alex Wright. And I think you're the same way. I just, I don't want Alex Wright to be the defensive end two next year. (laughs) You know, now if he shows up in camp and his hair's on fire and he wins that (laughs) job, awesome, go for it. But I I don't want him to be the only guy there. And it's just sort of across the board. I could point to some areas where that would, that would concern me. Yeah. And I mean, I think like with the, the whole defensive tackle situation, right? Like we heard all summer that Jordan Elliott was like a changed guy and totally different. And Oh my God, like we basically heard that he's come into camp with his hair on fire and we just didn't really see that production. Now he got a couple of sacks. Like he made a couple of highlight plays. He made one last week on special teams uh, blocking that Justin Tucker field goal. But I do think there are just guys throughout this defense where like, okay, you, you tried that. And again, I'm like on record now where I get the analytical approach. And I think I was one of the people that praised it about not spending money in certain areas on this defense. But at the end of the day, for me, when you talk about bigger picture of this game, if you can find one, like this team got run over too many times to count, like literally run over, especially by teams, not this one that have really good passing offenses. But the Saints eventually, like, again, I think the Browns are a better team than the Saints. But even they came out in the second half and you're like, huh, you know what? Why don't we just run Alvin Kamara and Taysom Hill as much as possible? And it worked. And, like, yeah, they didn't, like, I think they combined for 152 yards. So, like, it wasn't like Austin Eckler going off on them earlier this season. But it was still bad. Like, they they couldn't stop that. It felt like there were guys just getting their work. Taysom Hill literally dragged guys into the end zone on his touchdown. It's a problem. Yes, absolutely. One more quick bonus topic. I feel like Doug here. I'm just keeping you here forever. I know. It's one okay. Quick bonus, one quick bonus topic, Jack Conklin, because uh, I don't know when we're really going to get into this. Uh, yeah. Signing that extension, you and I both tweeted about it yesterday. I think it's – I know some fans were a little skeptical. I think it's the right thing to do. It gives you stability. I, I think he's going to be better in year two from the injury. I, I, think, the, I think the Browns did the right thing locking him up. Me too. And I I get it. Like people are frustrated, I think, with a little bit with how Jack's performed this year. Um, And especially like his run blocking grade is like by far the lowest of his career right now. But what I keep saying is like it is wild that he came back from major reconstructive surgery as quickly as he did. And then like, you know, I think when he came back, I'm like, oh, like, I don't know. Is he going to just kind of have another 2021 where he's just like hampered by injuries and they're like piling up because he's overcompensating and that really 
hasn't happened. But like, it's still to me, like, I think for him to be another year removed from that surgery, I think you're going to get him back to form. And I think it's just like really rare. Um, Maybe this is an off season story because I don't know how long the research will take, but like to keep an offense, the core of an offensive line group together this long is just like wild to me. Like you basically have only lost JC Treader from what the last, like going into 2023, It'll be like four seasons with this group, basically, right? Four or five seasons with this group. Jack got here in 2020, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he was, yeah. And he Jed was got here in 20. Jed, Jed was drafted in 2020. So, like, four years together with this group with the best offensive line coach in football is kind of wild to me. So that's the other reason I, I, I personally like this extension that you have those three of those guys now like locked up for a while. And, and they're going to have other needs. We've discussed those other needs on, on other pods to not have to worry about going and finding yeah. the right tackle. Now, I, I just think it. I think it matters, especially because st- I think you still need to see more from Jed Wills on the left side. Okay, uh, that'll do it for this post game edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Uh, if this wasn't enough for you, go find our pod from Friday. If you haven't listened to it yet, we did a big roundtable. It wasn't really a game preview until the end, so. Uh, give that a listen if you haven't given given uh, that a listen yet. See how many times I can say that. And then also become a football insider subscriber. Cleveland.com slash Browns. The blue banner at the top of the page. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks.